life because I'm filthy rich. I'm way too clean to be tripping over some filthy bitch. I'm for the press and I'm sipping on some filthy shit. I know I brush away the pain, but I be feeling it. Yeah, you was taking shots and now you fucking up. Yeah, I'm not gonna stress over bitches unless I'm fucking up. She probably think I'm a dick, but she be sucking up. They said I made it out to her, guess I'm the lucky one. And you was falling off, I'm the only one who picked you up. Trying to knock me down, I'm the only one who left you up. You ain't good for me, but it's so hard for me to give you up. It ain't good for me to know the pain, but I still step it up. You did me wrong, so now I'm moving like I'm heartless. I should have never let this bitch know where my heart is. But all these niggas, I'm the one who went the hardest. I mingle with my demons, they the only ones I talk to We gon' fuck the scene up every single time we walk through Yeah, I know he pussy, but we treat him like he dog food I kept you by my side before them other niggas dogged you I never left your side, I kept it real whenever I saw you Why is it so hard to pick up your phone whenever I call you? All these love scars make it hard for me to be loyal All these love scars make it hard for me to be loyal I mingle with my demons, they the only ones I talk to We gon' fuck the scene up every single time we walk through Something that we are going to be discussing on tonight. So, lyrics 
to life, bringing it to you fresh right here. We talking about the song Love Scars by the one and only Jay Guy, the Prince of New York, coming out of Brooklyn. But shout out to my co-host. What's going on, Naya? Hey, y'all. What's going on, Tate? I'm chilling, man. Chilling, man. Thank you chilling. for the audience viewing in. Hey, we appreciate y'all. We appreciate y'all support. Uh, listen, I'm, I gotta keep pre-warning y'all. Tonight's gonna be crazy. We're, we're gonna be very, uh... This is where you see the ratchet side of me. Nah, it's about to be explicit. It's about to be vulgar. Um, but we're gonna talk, um, real life. We're gonna talk real life. We're gonna talk real music. So, Naya, what's going on? Break it down. Give us, give us the first person. Alright. You do me dirty, now you're mad because I'm filthy rich. I'm way too skinny to Looking over some filthy bitch. I feel the pressure now. I'm sipping on some filthy shit. I know I brush away the pain, but I I be feeling it. You was taking shots and now you ducking them. I'm not going stress over bitches unless I'm smashing them. She probably think I'm a big bitch if you sucking them. They said I made it out the hood. Guess I'm the lucky one. First one. I love that one. What, what part you like, Tay? I, I just what, like what part you like, and why you like from, it? From what she said, like my favorite from it was, I'm not gonna stress over bitches unless I'm fucking them. Like that's life. You can't stress over things, especially something that doesn't belong to you. And even if it does belong to you, you gotta understand it's only momentary, or momentary. Okay. So, I love that part. Love that part. Can't stress over something that don't belong to you. So if you knock it, it belongs to you. Nah, there's no such thing as possessions in the world. You know what I'm saying? Possession is not intense with the law, baby. (laughs) But what you mean? But everything, you know, everything has its uh, time limit. You know what I'm saying? You can't have fun for too long. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to people. You can't have fun for too long. At some point, you gotta be like, everything has an expiration date. Now, that, that is a I do agree with that. Everything does have an uh, expiration. Naya, what you think? What you got? Well, of course, for me, you know, the first thing that captures my attention is the mental health and the self-medication. So, <laughs> um, he says, I feel depression. Now I'm sipping on some filthy shit. Like, I am not the one to tell you not to self-medicate. But what I will say... <laughs> I will encourage people to find a healthy outlet as well. Um, for a lot of people, that could be therapy, you know, having that professional to talk to. For me, it's writing. For some people, they listen to music. I, I enjoy music as well. You know, just finding a healthy outlet as well. Very true. Okay, so are you concerned about the, the self-medication or no? I want to make sure we keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the one to tell you what's right or wrong. I feel like whatever works for you isn't my call to make. So I just would encourage people to find something healthier as well. So a more healthier outlet, as right. opposed to self-medicating. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I ain't going to touch it yet. <laughs> I, I got. I'm, I'm awake because there, there's a certain hook that takes me. All the way. Oh, oh man. So I, I'm just going to hold my peace. You'll <laughs> <laughs> take us to the next one. <laughs> All right. So let me just say, I'm going to label them the way that I read them. Because 
because with melodic songs, it's hard to be able to separate the verses and the hooks and the chorus and things. So I labeled this next one the hook. When you was falling off, I'm the only one who picked you up, trying to knock me down when I'm the only one who picked you up. You ain't good for me, but it's so hard for me not to, I'm sorry, it's so hard for me to give you up. It ain't good for me to numb the pain, but I still sip it up. You did me wrong, so now I'm moving like I'm heartless. I should have let this bitch know where my heart, I shouldn't have let, I should have never let this bitch know where my heart is. Out of all these dudes, I'm the one who went the hardest. I gave you food right off my plate when I was starving. That was it's tough. This guy vibing Listen. over here. <laughs> that is tough. <laughs> Listen, let me let me backtrack real quick. Shout out to J.I. Um, we did have some uh, talking back and forth. He was unavailable. You know, dude just blew up like overnight. Out of nowhere. It like, was like so Dude surprising. just like, was like, boop. Like, I was, I was like real surprised. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I was going for like, um, like three months and then they see you come back to the city and it's like oh this little puerto rican dude is just like all over the place it, it was like it was like he got the blessing from drake and then yeah and then he just took off he yeah. just took off yeah yeah shout out to him holding it down man and, and you know what shout out to all the artists who stick to it who stay true to it um because man how, how far back he go nine because it's, it's been some years yeah, we, well, um, me and my oldest son, we were first introduced to him on the rap game with Jermaine Dupree, and yeah. that was a few years ago. He was, you know, just a little jit, and, um, you know, he was, he was spitting. You know, when I told my son about this episode, he was like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. You know, he had the long hair. He would do, like, um, super speedy lyrical content. Like, I love when, they, when they're super versatile in their style. I love it. So yeah, he's definitely doing a more melodic thing now, but when we were first introduced to him, it was just like the, the quick rap, he was battling, he was just crushing it, and he still is, just in a different way, and I love it. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead, on that next one. Okay. So I labeled this the chorus. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. I labeled this the chorus. I'm dealing with my demons, they're the only ones I talk to. We gonna mess the scene up every single time, time we walk through. Right, that's that's my part right there. Wait, 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 wait. See that? See, oh, see, that's see, my part. That's my part right there. Okay. I mingle with my demons. They're the only ones I talk to. Stop. We gonna mess the stop. scene up stop. 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 every single time we walk through. Wait, stop. stop. Go back. I just need the one part. I mingle with my what? My demons. With my demons. And then he say what? They're the only ones I talk to. They the, yeah. I mingle with my demons, and they're the only. Can somebody break that down? All right, so that could mean two different things. Huh? So it's a, it's a double entendre. Okay. At one point, it can mean that you only mingle with your boys, and his boys meaning they're demons. Now, from New York, when we say yo, my demons is with me, that means you was like some hardcore dudes. So y'all go to the streets, you know, y'all run around, do whatever, blase blah. We ain't gonna try to incriminate people, but you know, <laughs> you do your due diligence. And you know, and, and that's the guys you you hang around and you associate yourself with. But that could also mean, uh, on the other side of the coin, that you have issues that you, you you're dealing with, right? But you right. only choose to keep it between you and your issues. Like you don't confide in anybody. It's just you and the issues. It's, uh, like it's now, when you say issues, what do you mean like? Could be drugs. Yeah, it could be like. 
It could be like addiction, it could be like depression, you know, like uh, uh, demons. Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah, demons. Like <laughs> personal Negative things. Yeah. Spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, because as a believer, you say demons to me, I'm like, I'm uh -huh. ready to plead the blood of Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, hold on, let me pray for you, brother. Um, get a, go, go ahead, keep going. I, I, I'm still waiting a little bit. But that part right there, man. Oh, yeah. That's why my demons, y'all know what I be talking about. My demons, Brooklyn, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, nigga with my demons. <laughs> Chill with the right uh, <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know he a punk, but we treat him like he dog food. I kept you by my side before them other dudes dogged you. I never left your side. I kept it real whenever I saw you. Why is it so hard for you to pick up your phone whenever I call you? All these love scars make it hard for me to be loyal. All these love scars make it hard for me to be loyal. And repeat that chorus twice. So let me, let, let's talk about the title and then that ending line. Love scars. So first of all, Frank, love was identified and created to be the cure. Was it really? I had no idea. Not good, right? <laughs> so can can something that God created to be a precious and beautiful thing leave a scar? Yeah, because it's, it's corrupted. It can become corrupted. So, but people are corrupted. Itself. Love itself yeah. is still pure. The person, I said love. See, I said love. Love itself is pure. Yeah. People is what's dirty. I think the idea of love is what's pure. And once you incorporate that with certain individuals, it becomes tainted because everybody has their own perception of love. They have their own meaning. Yeah, so it's like one person's idea of love, like, for instance, me and you. Your idea of love is way higher on another level than my <laughs> idea of love. So, like I said, some people have purer forms of the, the idea of love than others. So I think it just all it comes like comes down to individuality. Okay, what you got, Naya? Um, I I heard somewhere I really have to start writing down sources, but I heard somewhere that love isn't a feeling; it's an addiction. When you have it, it's um. It's you know, it's beautiful and it's and you're super happy and you're excited and you have all this adrenaline and when you don't you're like I can't eat, you can't sleep, you sick. That's addiction. That is not a feeling. Because <laughs> it has its highs and lows. It, you need it in order to feel happy, in order to feel joyful. Mm -hmm. And then when you don't you're you're suffering. That's that's an addiction. <laughs> that's that's a drug. So um that's just my, my viewpoint on it. I, I, I don't think that it, it was meant to be that way, but I do think that that's what it ended up being for people. So, love is an addiction. Definitely 100% an addiction, because it has its high highs. Like, when it's high, it's amazing. Like, I mean, you, I mean, it's like cloud nine, no pun intended. But when you have, like, you go through, like, turmoil or drama or issues, then it's really, really, which leads to arguments, and you really hit the, you know, cookie-cutter board when you get into arguments, because there's low blows left and right. Okay. Yeah. 
time. So it has this low, when it's low, it has really lows. So, so I'm gonna circle back though, right? Because you know, like I'm saying, you know, from from the direction of a biblical point, right? The Creator designed love to be the cure of all things, mm -hmm. right? So we identify that love is pure. It's people and their mentality. That can redefine a thing is what we're getting, right? Mm -hmm. So when we say love scars, yeah. is it that addiction or the true substance thereof? Is it is it is it the feeling that that I never experienced this now that I have? and it didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go? Like, at what point do we identify that love is good, people are not? I think it's it's, it's all about, we all want to be loved in, in our own ways, loved. right? We I all want to be loved. And I remember, I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to tell me, I used to ask all the time, like, why, do, why are women labeled um, differently than men uh, when, it, when it comes to, like, sexual partners and she told me it's not right it's a double standard but it's like more so with everybody it's when you involve with someone and it goes away you leave a piece of yourself with that person so like a part of your spirit a part of your soul stays with them so you so every time love ties yeah so we're going back to the song when he said um all these love scars make it hard for me to be loyal oh you hit me you you hitting the point so that's, right. so that's him saying all right so all of these these Experiences that I've had where I've put love on the on the table and it didn't go the way I wanted to go now It makes me more heartless every single time I experience that so he's losing more of himself So it's harder for him to trust individuals. And I think that's just like what life in itself like daily people have to deal with You always get taken advantage of well, that's, yeah. that's a fear of being taken advantage of because we all want to be there for people But we want people to be there just as much for us so then let me ask off of that do you think that people are capable of what love is intended definitely definitely um i think it's just it's it's the fear Nowadays, like nobody, like I said, nobody wants to be let down or taken advantage of or feel vulnerable. Right. So it's just a fear. So a lot of people go into situations with their guard up and always assume the worst. But when you assume the worst, you put that negativity in your mind for things to be bad. So you already. I, go ahead. I think that we we lower our expectations based on our experiences. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know is how. That, is that the scar? I'm sorry. Is that the scar? Right. So I don't know that craft is that mm -hmm. if I've never had sugar. Yeah. Right. So if I've never been in a in a fulfilling relationship, a healthy relationship, then is it really fear or is it just um, changing our expectations and, and adjusting and adapting to what is actually being offered? Okay. Give, give us your uh, your opinion, brother Christian. Uh, on what angle you want me to hit this at? 
I mean, I understand wholeheartedly, right? So, so as 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 a as a lover, mm -hmm. right? As someone who who loves hard mm -hmm. judgment. Here we go. <laughs> as as someone who um, often gives, not often. I always give from my heart, right? Um, and and I, I love everybody. That's, that's that's me as a person, and then that's me as a believer. I, I just I equally love everybody, so you get the benefit of the doubt, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I understand, right, the, the the angle of when he talks about all these love scars. I get the scarring, mm -hmm. but I don't I don't necessarily I understand what he's saying as far as the interference with loyalty. Yeah. But I don't agree with it. Okay. And I don't agree with it because love changes all things, right? For mm -hmm. me. So for me, each time there is someone new, there is a new thing or whatever, that that's that's the clock resetting. And I love meeting new people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like you're chasing that high. Like once upon a time this love was joyful mm -hmm. so let me keep looking for that until i find that all the time so this is this is your your angle of love being an addiction and not a feeling and not a feeling yes <laughs> um i think people just lust after love like it's a lustful thing like people just just want to have it like y'all should you, look at the camera they need to see how just, passionate this not, game is no i'm just saying like i just feel like like love is is is, is a is a lust it's not like uh uh it's a craving that people desire, you know, it's just it's something you want to be able to say that's yours, that you want to just control, or you want to have, or you just want to keep to yourself. It's a, it's a need. It's a, yeah, exactly. It's that's a word I'm looking for. It's a need. Want. Yeah, but I'm like, sometimes I really want to need that. I'll be like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I see by myself today. I get oh, it. Okay, see, so you got more than brother. Listen, that's different. Right. So, under, and, and see, and that, that's what happens, right? So, people start itemizing love, mm. right? So now it's like, so because I love you, I have to do this. Because I love you, I have to be this way. Because I love you. Love, to me, says this. I accept you for who you are. That's the love I need. And I don't you accept me for who I am. Yeah. So that means all of the good, all of the bad, mm -hmm. all of the grievance, all the disagreements, mm -hmm. all the likes, all of the dislikes. That, to me, that's what love is. Yeah. I think what happens is people manipulate love. Mm -hmm. And it's, mm -hmm. it's it, it becomes a thing of again we itemize it. So listen, because I love you, you should give me X amount of dollars. Yeah. Because I love you, you should buy me this gift. Because I love you, like because I love you, you should be okay when you're sleeping with your best friend. That's oh God. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> boy, did that thing listen. just <laughs> because I love you. It's like, no, girl, I didn't cheat because I didn't care about you. I cheated because I love you. you know, how many times you done heard that before? Like, like, like in the movies and stuff like that? I cheated because if I didn't but, care but about you, I would. Why would one say that? Why would one say that? Because you try to justify, like I said, you try to justify it. He would try to use love or whatever. That's what the, uh, go back to the conversation we was having like last week when you asked me about which one would you prefer, love or loyalty? Right. I chose loyalty over love because 
everybody has their own definition of love. Right. And, and how they choose to show that affection. So it's like mm-hmm. somebody can cheat on you and be like, I'm cheating on you because of love. Like, or I'm lying to you because of love. It's like love is, is finicky. Well, to play devil's advocate, I can see Listen, why someone, someone would cheat out of love <laughs> instead of having that uncomfortable conversation of I'm not satisfied with you or I'm unhappy with you right now and I need that fulfillment from elsewhere. You know, so I can I can understand how I, that I, I get it, but I disagree. <laughs> I feel like love is always that balance. So love should love should give me the confidence and the comfortability to come to you and say I love you and I'm not happy, mm-hmm. and this is why. You ever realize that once? Yeah, but how realistic is that? Like, <laughs> for real. Unfortunately, in my life, it's it's very realistic. <laughs> I don't have well, this, I don't have no problems communicating. <laughs> I, I want to ask the audience something. Y'all ever realize that once you, you're dealing with somebody and it's great, right? For umpteen amount of months or however long, y'all in that puppy, like past the puppy love phase, like I think puppy love phase, we could say like what, three to six months in? I would say like when you get around maybe like between that that last quarter stretch of the mile of the year, uh, month nine to 10, and you choose to finally use that L word, don't it always go downhill after you use the L word, like I love you? Don't it always go downhill? That's like, that is, I don't know what it is, it's like, a double-edged sword with the L word. Yeah, but but why is that though? Why I, is that? I think it's like you said when you when when but like when you use the word, it just it just elevates it to the next level. So now I don't know. It's some becomes real. Yeah. So now so, you, so now you have to. It's not about. It's not about. It's not about. You wasn't serious. It's not about playing because you you were more satisfied with actually being committed to the relationship and not having to throw it because that's a serious word. That's a serious word. We don't throw that word out. Relationship is a serious word. I mean, word. but you could, yeah, okay, It's a but, serious status. But love, the word love, saying I love you, or I love being with you, it's, it, 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 it emotionally, you know what I'm saying? Like, it hits you emotionally. Like, some people crave, so because people of the, crave feeling, the word. Because of the feeling, and not the addiction, because mm-hmm. of the feeling of love is what causes me to want to be in a relationship. No, because I don't meet a girl like, oh, I want to be in love with her. No. <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like, there yeah. are but there are things about a person that eventually says to you, like, uh, yo, like, I can make this. I can see, I can see I, where I can this goes. I can make this life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you mean to tell me every single female that you have met, you have automatically, like, as the process I went on, you, you saw at some point, like, you being able to be with them for the rest of your life? So gentlemen, somebody help me because I feel like I'm the only one in the world, single gentleman, and maybe some married men, right? I feel like I'm the only one in the world that thinks like this. Mm-hmm. To me, I feel like dating is preparation for, for marriage. marriage. Yeah, very true. So for me, it's like, if I'm dating you, I'm dating you with the intent of marriage. Mm-hmm. So to me, like, I don't understand the people who can date multiple people at the same time. Watch your mouth, please. I've never been in a relationship dating multiple people. That's, I would be down for that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know what I'm but I, I, feel like, I feel like to date a person, they should have my undivided attention. Yeah, facts. And, Every and, relationship and should be right? And so that way we can build together. 
especially where I'm at in my life now, my whole thing is I need an asset and not a strong. Yeah. I need somebody that's gonna add to me and we're gonna build together. Gotcha. You feel me? So for me, it's like if if you're not and I'm and when I say that I'm not looking for uh, you know. I'm a survivor, destiny child type movement, independent woman. I'm not, I'm not saying all that, but yeah. I'm looking for somebody to come to the table with something. Yeah. You don't have to come to the table with a million dollars, but come to the table with a million dollar vision. Yeah, and, and the steps to, to, get, to get, there. get there. You yeah. understand? Right. Um, and the drive to, to continue until mm-hmm. you get there. Um, that's what I'm looking for. That's what that's what I mean by that. So for me, it's like meet me halfway. Yeah. And then let's do it. And then let love do what it does. Mm-hmm. All right. So to piggyback off of what Tavon was talking about when he was talking about the fear, and to bring into what we were talking about last <laughs> week about people having um, different different ideas of what love looks like and what it means to me, I think that's where the fear comes from. Like if I say I love you, now I don't know how you're going to interpret that. So it's a fear of okay, what is what does this mean to you? Because people don't have those types of conversations. People don't explain, because it's the euphoria of the word, right? Like, I heard, I love you, I'm ecstatic. I, like, yeah, we, exactly. We're not even moving deeper into the conversation of, okay, well, what does that look like? What does that mean for where we're headed now? You know what I mean? Like, because that's uncomfortable. I mean, people don't want to be uncomfortable, especially when they're in love. Anybody ever say, y- y'all ever had a situation or, because <laughs> I have a little bit too many of these. Like, when somebody say, I love you, and be like, for real like yo i know know y'all had it i know y'all had it why why does and here's the thing it's it's like you hear the word and then it intensifies it but you feeling that same thing the entire time so what why 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 do you allow fear to set in and cause you to shut down see again to me love is that balance so where i am afraid love is going to tell me I'm victorious. Mm-hmm. I'm, we gonna make it. We good. I need some help. Hey, can somebody <laughs> feel, can somebody call in on the like, line and help me? I'm getting double teamed in here. Listen, it's hot in here. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing alone tonight. Like, dang. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's just it's just because you're more of a loving individual. Like, you love love. You know what I'm saying? You 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 love love. You should say something very, very melodic right there. You're absolutely right. I do. Yeah, I do. You, you I love, love love. I do. I do. We love fun. You're on your own, Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> we we love fun. We 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 don't. We want to be able to separate the idea of love and fun. Why can't love be fun? Love no, because you, you can't you can't mix love and fun. Yes, you can. You can't. Yes, you can. Because it's not some and most different of the time, experiences. Yeah, you you it's, it's two different things. It's two <laughs> like, and then it's it's a, it's a thing that people people also necessarily I wouldn't say they always fall in love with the person. They fall in love of what the person can do. Listen, and that's what causes people to say okay. I love you. Now, I often and I and I will say this. I I recently um, came to. The conclusion of that and I tell people all the time don't date people off of potential because mm-hmm. you you're already building a, a rocky foundation yeah because I see that you um, are ambitious and you're motivated and this and that that's why I said specifically for me have the million dollar vision have the steps to get to the vision 
and have the drive and the motivation to keep it going. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is we see somebody like, oh, you're a go-getter. I like go-getters. Oh, I'm going to wife the go-getter. Mm -hmm. Then I bring you to the crib, and then oh, stuff yeah. don't work in your favor, and then now you're a couch potato. No, mm -hmm. no, shut down. No. No. I mean, I feel like it, it's just like you no. just fall in love, fall in love with the, uh, of the imagery of that person right. in that moment. Right. Not further along down the line. So it's, yeah. Man, listen. So, again, so going back to the, the end of the line, right? Of the verse. Again, I feel like, though, love should drive me. I love you, we gonna we gonna survive. Because I love you, we gonna drive. Because I love listen, we ride until the wheels fall off. Mm -hmm. Because I love you. Mm -hmm. So to me that that me loving love and loving you mm -hmm. that intensifies my loyalty. It yeah. takes it to another level. Yeah, I, I get that. Love <laughs> love and loyalty. Tell yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say something. Listen, I am <laughs> Oh my god. Um, yes, that it is true what you're saying, like, um, love, love does come with loyalty, and it should come with loyalty, and it should make you want to be loyal, uh, loyal because you love someone, um, but I think it's more so when he said, all these love scars make it hard for me to be loyal, right, meaning, like I said before, it's, it's even like, it's not even like, have to deal with relationships, it could be like, life in general, like, even with your homies, you didn't love so many your boys, you know what I'm saying, with your homegirls, and they either let you down, they disrespected, they violated, so it's like, you know, you start to build that wall, so it becomes harder for you to actually trust people, because at a point, you trusted people, and they took advantage, and I get that. was in a relationship, and they went south, but south, love, so. love still keeps it pure, love says, lo love tells me that I forgive you, mm -hmm. love tells me that tells me that I'm not the judge and I'm, I'm not going to give you another chance. Mm -hmm. I might not necessarily put myself in the same position and predicament for you to do the same thing to me again, mm -hmm. but I don't stop loving you. And that I, I think that's that's what's wrong with the world today. Mm -hmm. We, we, we allow emotions and we allow um, our, our mindset of feelings and our our personal definitions of love and the manipulation thereof so then it's easy for us to throw people away mm -hmm. but if there was more love in the world and when, I'm, when I say love I'm talking about the pure love I'm talking about the, the love designed and created by God love that is going to bring peace love that's going to bring unification love that's going to bring you understand so to me it's like if there was more love in the world we wouldn't we wouldn't be Bro, like um like the southern hospitality love without the racism Listen, I say all the time. <laughs> but I say all the time, you know what I mean? Coming from the South. Yeah. I can't stand Jersey. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I can't check up on stand people. Jersey. Philly, Delaware, Tri-State. I can't stand I, Because I hold the door for you. Oh, they don't say thank you. You're going to open that door by yourself. Um, you don't see 
gentlemen opening the doors for ladies up here. You don't see any of that kind of stuff. And then it's crazy, like, down south, you ride by, people just beat and wave at you just to, period. Just to they don't know you or nothing. But, and I tell people all the time, right here we go from a mental health standpoint, yo, that moment, you don't know what, what you can do to change that situation mm-hmm. for a person and true, change man. their life. Just by saying hello, just acknowledging them, letting them know that, hey, I see you, you're here, you're in the world, I'm with you. You're not alone. Hey, how you doing? That right there, yo, it can go so far. But people are just so so rude, just so in their own world, their own box, their own mind, whatever the case may be. But to me, that is proof and evidence of lack of love. It took me a long time to get used to the what other people feel is necessary conversation in the Like, I just, it took me a very long time because, you know, I'm from up north and I'm like, I don't know, I'm not the best communicator to mm. begin with, but I'll smile at you all day. We don't have to talk, you know? It took me some time to get to be like, okay, sure, we can talk about the tomatoes. Sure, we can talk about how long it's taken to bring us up. Like, sure, no problem. <laughs> But I do have a line that I want to ask you guys about specifically. He said, um, I kept you by my side before them other dudes stalled you. What do you guys think that he meant by that? He said, he said, oh yeah, I kept you by my side before the other dudes dogged you? Yeah. Oh, pretty much like, he, that, pretty much saying like, oh, I treated you with respect when I was with you, but all these other dudes dogged you and you gave them the time of day. But you took advantage of me when I was the one that came. Come on, you that's what he's saying. Come on, so that's like, yeah. You know, you know the mic skins be they be talking, bro. They be feeling <laughs> I, I, I'm I, telling y'all, I, I, I feel like it was an important line that we should highlight because that that happens. It's like we give our time and attention to to the, to the to people the who are who to the project, right? Like to yeah. the things that we have to build and the things yeah. that we have to mold and shape and and put all this work in for. Meanwhile. Somebody's ready and willing to love you, and you ain't got the time of time of day for them. I think, it, I, think it, uh, I think it's because we like challenges. I know I like challenges. I mean, I don't like crazy. But I yeah, like but crazy. you don't. You but, you do, but you. Nah, your definition of challenge is different from my. Definition. Yeah, my my definition of challenge is like it's like I'm gonna get that. That's a challenge. That's my challenge. This challenge is I'm a I'm a I'm a elevate you, girl. I'm gonna get you with me. That, that's what I'm. I'm that's a, a voice. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, yo, for real, we should hear this dude. I swear to God. I'm a builder. <laughs> He'd be so sensual. That's sensual. more than you. He'd be like, listen, I'm gonna say something. All right, feel it. I'm gonna get you. What you need. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get you what you need to get. He's like, I'm gonna give you the tools for success. Absolutely. This is his hand. I'm gonna give you the tools to get where you need to go. That's it. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna turn on the car. Huh? I gotta drive it. <laughs> I'll be like, boy. I done gassed it up. I'll be, I'll be listening. To you just like, gotta die. This nigga was preaching. No, but I mean, and okay, so right there. So let me, let me just, let me just uh, flip it, right? So that's a love scar for me right there. Mm-hmm. Because all my life, all I've done was give. Mm-hmm. And right, and, and for me, I attract. Mm, he about to snitch on you. talking about snitching. You snitching on yourself right now. Go ahead. Um, oh, man. How can I say this? 
Take your time. Take your time. Lyrics to life. Um. No, the reality is though, I attract. Um. Lord. Oh, don't make me jump in this conversation, please. Because <laughs> I'm not guilty. The kind of people that I attract are, it's a simple word. are people who are um, in a vulnerable oh. place in their lives, right? <laughs> I wasn't going to say broken. Vulnerable, <laughs> vulnerable place in their lives. That's the kind of people that I attract. And to me, right, and you use the word, you said project, Naya, right? Um, where people pay attention to the project. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like, I, that kind of stuff, it doesn't, it doesn't deteriorate who I am. It actually adds to me. Mm-hmm. Because to me, being a builder, and if I have the tools to solve the problem, to me, like, this is what love says, not only are we going to solve the problem together, but now we're going to build from this point forward. And now we got something great. Yeah. We're unstoppable. We're untouchable. That you feel me? Yeah. Like so to me, in everything that I'm doing, I'm always looking at a point of legacy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You understand? So for me, it's like because most people <clears throat> in this room, uh, the line, they be like, <laughs> you always, you always attracted to a project. You know, you always got broken people. But you know what? To, but to, everybody needs love. And everybody needs somebody who can help them along nope. the way. And then I will also say this. Even in being in those type of relationships, those situations, those atmospheres, or what have you, it has also added unto me and it has taught me things. And it has, it has perfected me as a man mm-hmm. on how I move and see things. So I don't, I don't knock it. Yeah. I won't. Right, I won't huh? I won't. I won't necessarily say um, I'm okay with it all the time. Neither, uh-huh. you know. Um, it would be nice, you know. And I'm not gonna say that if I get a project, but it would be nice if I just get somebody who, at this point, even if it, even if I mean in any relationship, it's work. Yeah. Right. Um, and what you put into anything in life is what you're gonna get out of it. Yeah. So at this point, if I can just, if, if I can get to that, get that person that's gonna just put in the the work. Because. Well, in in the the wise words of my uh, Canadian black brother, Tory Lane. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Y'all look alike, by the way. Shots fired. And I quote: He said, "Who needs love? Everybody, Christian. Everybody needs love. Listen, it's phone number six one nine." Everybody needs love. Everybody. He's a good dude, though, honestly. Everybody. So all the ladies out there, the good ladies. He is trying to pimp oh, me on I'm not pimping. I cannot. Oh, this is, this is, um, <laughs> this is not match.com. For, for, the, for the love of Christian, episode one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yo, that's a new you, segment, yo. For the love of Christian, yo. <laughs> yo, write that down. <laughs> Listen, if, if you feel like you the lady for him. And, and hear me out, mm-hmm. right? I want to say two things. One is, don't make your ministry. Mm. And two, you said that those are the people that you attract, but you would like someone who not only has the vision, but the steps to execute that vision. And so 
I think that you have to separate them. You are right. You have to separate right. those who who are who have a vision and aren't quite ready to fulfill it because then you stress yourself out by putting more into their vision than they're putting in. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And then they start to and then they start to feel enabled or they like to be enabled because they in the back mm-hmm. of their mind they're like depending on you to give them that push and not depending on themselves to get them give them that push. You know what I'm saying? So I I see you hundred. Yeah. And I raise you to you. No, oh, man, I was about to say, I'm about to just double whammy. <laughs> nah, I, 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 I see what you're saying, um, and I, I do I do agree with that. Um, you also said don't make your ministry. I don't know if we got enough time in this episode. <laughs> that, was that like a church reference? You know I don't go to church. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> Y'all don't go to church. 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 Like don't go to don't mess with people from the church. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's what I'm sorry you're calling you, right? Just, like I'm... what God has placed on your heart for you to do to better society, right? So, so it could be to to sow into people who who have a vision, who you know don't know the steps to execute, or or need a little bit more guidance than somebody who's ready to go, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking from experience, you know, like. I also attract people who who need help, <laughs> and I'm more than happy to help them. But it's just you can't help somebody who who isn't willing to help themselves. And they can say it, you know, oh I need help, oh I want to do this, oh I want to do that. But if they aren't doing anything to show you that that's the truth and and their honest feelings, then you know you can only do so much. Yeah, and sometimes people won't even ask for help because they will automatically assume like oh. Well, I know this person got me at the end of the day, so either right. they'll catch on or you know they I got think, me. I so think it's that like, being like most relationships, yeah, that's pretty much at this point. Like people just be like, and and you know, I would say this: one of the things that ladies, please hear me. Um, learn your man's love language. Mm-hmm. Learn Mark's your man's. Alphabet. <laughs> learn your man's love language. Um, one of the biggest things that affect me in a relationship is that that point of complacency. Words of affirmation mean something to me, and and it's not even necessarily a thing of you complimenting me or whatever. But if I give you something, say thank you. You know. Um, just that, that that basic communication. It's like people lose manners yeah. after they're in a relationship for a period of time. Yeah, don't fart in front of me, yo. <laughs> I don't care. I don't, wow. I, don't, I, don't, I don't care how long you've been here. Don't but, fart in front of me. But you know what? You know what? And I'll say this, right? Because some people will be like, well, we together. We should be comfortable. Blah, 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 blah. I do say this, though. Yeah. My rule of thumb is... Yo, the same, keep dating each other. The same stuff you did in the beginning to, keep to get my attention and, and to get me to this point, keep doing that. So if you didn't pass gas in front of me on the date, don't, don't, <laughs> don't do it now. Do it now. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, yep, I, I like company when I'm in the bathroom, so I, I say that from the beginning. Like, like company in the bathroom? Yeah, we can be on FaceTime when I'm in the bathroom. Just from oh, nah. so you already know where, where I'm coming from. <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen, don't take a shit while I'm in the shower. Right? <laughs> that's that's not cute. No. Cause you wouldn't be you you'd be upset if you having a nice little candle bubble bath or rose petals or whatever. You wanna soak it. And you just see me just come in and just like just pee like, hey doing, babe. Let's kill your whole mood. So don't take a dump while I'm in the shower. Plus that water pressure hit different. That's when why you flush I that toilet, right? Because it can really it can really ruin how you see somebody once you smell them. Like <laughs> that's that FaceTime. Listen. You can even text me. I, I, you know what? I can't. I, what's the next verse? I can't with neither one of these people. I can't. Oh, no, 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 no. I want to tell you, I'll probably be exposing this girl right now, but it's cool. Oh, you know, I love her. Oh, God. Just the other day. Wait, you do what? Just, she know I love her. Like, oh. not like that. Like, not like love, love. Like, she not got love for her. Like, that's <laughs> funny. Like, don't, no. Don't think that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Don't know. You say that? <laughs> no. Yeah. But, um, just yesterday she called me. And she used the bathroom while we was on FaceTime. And on my mama, I could have sworn she didn't wash her hands. Oh, oh my mama, no. yo. And I was like, bro, did you use the bathroom? She was like, yeah. I was like, look at my face. I'm disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the crazy part, because I was like, yo, did you mute me? She was like, no. I was like, so you sure you used the bathroom? Because I ain't hear nothing. I ain't hear no toilet flush. I ain't hear no water running. I was like, I ain't even, let me see your hands. She was like, no, you gotta see my hands. <laughs> let I was me like, see your hands. What are you gonna do with this one? They wet? I wanna see if they dead, yo. You know? <laughs> like, did you wash your hands? Yo. <laughs> I was like, come on, bro. That 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 killed though. I was like, yo, I gotta go. Um, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta get some water. You know, like black people, we always make this huge to go the phone. Yo, let me call you back, man. Um, I gotta close these blinds. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Yo, take the time to this guy. I can't. I'm, I got tears. I'm, I'm crying in here. I can't. I, you know, I got stories, man. You know, I got stories. We got to get that segment cracking. <laughs> um, these females on my body, I just brush them off. When dudes threw dirt on my name, I had to dust it off. When he was talking out his face, I had to shrug it off. Now we go and run a hole inside his tongue before we cut it off. Turning on the pen, I'm smoking on exotic. I put a dude in a box. He trying to think, think outside. outside it. It. Ooh, you heard that? Yeah. So I put him in a box. You trying to think outside it? Jeez. You say I put you six but, feet under. But this whole piece right here, just with him um, talking about his struggles of, to me, I you know I took it personal. Like I can relate to just trying to be a better person and like having to go against your natural reaction based on where you come from and your experiences. It's like, you know, I've been tested and tried and I really did try to walk away. I really did try to be the better person, but I can only do that so many times before, you know, North Philly come up out of me. <laughs> I just love that. Dog life. You only dog life your stomach, you I can't. I really do believe this, and, and this is what I was saying earlier about how love, for me, it intensifies loyalty, right? Mm -hmm. So that also, for me, is a trust factor. Okay. And I presented a scenario um, to some friends before, and we, we had a real in-depth conversation. So, you're in a relationship with someone, and come in the room and they're in the bed with someone else. Are they both dead? 
What's the name? Hold on. Ain't no name. Hold on. Because that's the first thing she's going to say. And two, hold on. Because the blicky coming out. But hold on.
Not not to go. <laughs> this is gonna be way left field. When you say uh, if it ain't right, you know what popped in my head? That's a relays one. Oh my god. <laughs> that's that's why I was like Jesus. I was like, that's my jam. But my fault. Go ahead. I'm always so random, yo. Oh my god. Yo, that's what music do to you. That's why I'm in the air, bro. Podcast, man. Cause music just it causes you to just shift to where like right now, like we be talking sometimes, like we. Literally, we have a song for everything that we're saying. Yeah. We can find a song for everything that we're talking about. Um, yeah. Most of our conversations include lyrics or um, or movie lines. <laughs> right, right, right. That's how we communicate. Hey, shout, shout out to Jalil. I got you. He like, I'm down for an interview. I got you, bro. We 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 making our way. We we did Jersey. We in we in New York right now. We'll get to Philly. Nah, nah, I got you. You know who we should invite? Who for Philly? Who to? Who you know? Say her name, cause you already sketched it. Why would you do that and not confront me, bro? It was a surprise. No, you just said it's gonna be on the same page. No, yo, yo. She got a new song coming out this month. You gotta get. Well, it's alright. We'll have the police here that day. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> she hate me. That girl hate me. me. Listen. Oh, love scars. Oh, that's, that's her shut love scars. Up. I, I was a perfect gentleman through and through. Man. I was a gentleman until the next morning. Until the next morning. Why? Because there was an expectation. See what happens? <laughs> See what happens? Listen, of a gun. See? <laughs> Listen, I even bought her food. And I don't never buy people food. See? I bought her food that morning. <laughs> I was mad about that. How long did it take me to get back? <laughs> I was gone that long, yo. Go to the next one. <laughs> we, we are not yo, going down this lane yo, of memories and melodies. Oh my, oh my mama. <laughs> we ain't doing it. going to be in the middle of when she come in? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be on the other side of the table. Because <laughs> I can't, yo. She's a dope young woman. And she's very respectful. She so. is respectful, but she's going to play you. But it's she okay. is, that's what I'm saying. She's going to play me. And I'm going to just, yo, this, that's probably going to be you the quietest y'all ever hear me on that podcast, baby. I'm not asking no questions. I, I'm looking at the camera the whole time like this. Like, I represent, man. Yo, I am scared right now because she is going to shit me, bro. Oh man, go ahead, Naya. What you got? Take it. This guy. <laughs> Yo, I'm so mad. He just blindsided me just now. I was just playing when I said that. He was dead serious. Uh, this is the last verse. I remember them days them dudes changed. I still think about it. I done took too many losses to the streets. I'm going. I'm not going to speak about it. I can't say I'm coming down my all. So I gotta make the hood cry. Where I'm from, real youngins have a good guy. I'm cold-hearted, I ain't trying to be the good guy. I'm cold-hearted, I ain't trying to be the good guy. You ain't practice what you preach or what you stood by. I did what they said I couldn't, but it took time. For all this praise, and now it's time to make the hood cry. Deep. Yo, talk talk about from the aspect and the angle of making the hood cry. I don't think most people even understand or, or grasp, right, that concept of when a lot of artists have used that tagline, mm-hmm. right? Um, some of the greats <clears throat> have used that tagline. 
I don't think people are understanding when someone who's coming from the hood mm-hmm. repping that and then they make the statement, I had to make the hood cry. Somebody don't have that. For, for me as a writer, I just I just want to spark dialogue because where we come from, we don't we don't talk about nothing, right? We talk about the same stuff over and over again, and it's usually very superficial things. Mm-hmm. So you know, with me, I try to give I try to give you things that we don't talk about, but that we feel, mm-hmm. right? Like like I want you to to be able to relate to these emotions that I'm giving you. <clears throat> I want you to be able to to feel what you may have buried because that's what we are programmed to do coming from those types of communities is we bury our emotions, we bury our negative experiences and we classify them as normal, regular everyday life. And sometimes we gotta put a spotlight on it as artists and authors to be like, this isn't normal, this isn't okay. Let's let's talk about it, let's feel these emotions. Yo, you just, you just hit them so hard. And, and what I like is the fact that you use the word Coming from the streets, you're, you're never tapped into your emotions. So the fact that at that point it shows <clears throat> vulnerability at that point, mm-hmm. it shows that you're being you're tapping into your emotions and expressing. Mm-hmm. I, I I always find that to be so dynamic. But go ahead, what you got? Um, <clears throat> I was uh, just to play off on what y'all both said. Um, it is very it's it's, it's very deep when he's actually like trying to get the like the actual hood and I'm guessing when you say hood I'm, I'm talking about projects. So 13, 15 floors, project building, LG stand up, um Bestop, Brownsville stand up, Tilden stand up, um uh, Far Rock stand up. But from Nick and also stand up, I forget about that. But um when and 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 specifically, not just in the, like in New York, but specifically like in the, in Brooklyn and the Bronx, like you cannot be considered weak. So you show any lick of emotion, you automatically a target. So we grow up automatic, like are molded to be like you know what I'm saying, emotionless, hardcore, unapologetic. Right. Right. Because the moment somebody that, that wolf smell that blood, that shark smell that blood in that water, sharks is coming for you. And you, nobody wants to be a target. Nobody wants to, you know, be victimized. So, or become a victim, actually. So, you know, you gotta put up this this hardcore facade and this guard. And then also, when, like, like you said, like your sister said, uh, when people become artists, it's more of like, let me show off to the hood of all the things I didn't have when I was in the hood, right. instead of like. Yo, let me try to connect on an emotional level to y'all because I know it's things that you suffer with daily. Like niggas don't know what it is to eat a right. syrup sandwich before. Y'all ain't never eat no syrup sandwich. Listen, hella good though. You ever make grilled cheese on an iron board, nigga? Listen, this that's the A1. Yo, get some starch. Listen, you don't know what you like, you don't know what life was like if you ain't turn the light on about 30 roaches and scattered across the kitchen counter. I mean nobody wants to know life, but like but um, a lot of people. Well, we ain't have roaches because we ain't had nothing to feed them with. <laughs> Why <laughs> you had to? <laughs> I'm sorry. You ever just ate ice? Yo, you know what's funny? Yeah. Now, remember, that, remember that day you called me and you asked me, "Do we have ice cream?" <laughs> 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 she gonna call me. She was like, 
Freezer was so empty we didn't even have ice trays. Like in the freezer and not even have her ice. Like,
team because even people from the hood, even from your own hood, they don't want to see you succeed because they still stuck there. I, I get what you're saying, but yeah. let me just say this though, because I, I can't. I, I had this revelation the other day, right? Because you know, I know I'd be doing feeding the homeless and this, that, or whatever. And I was like, you know, it's crazy because the majority of the people move out of the hills, mm-hmm. right? But they always come back, yeah, to to improve their career. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the majority of people that's coming to, and don't say nothing smart, like, oh, because they got food to give now. I was about to show you. I felt the jazz. Jay, I was going to throw you on the bus, Joe. Nah, I, 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 I realized though that a lot of people, um, they, they often go back yeah. to give back to try to improve. That's in the beginning. Nah, man, I know, I know people that's been that's been true for years, man. minute like a long time I'm talking about like over freaking five ten years and who gives back no. give me give me I don't know one. I, I mean we I don't know one I don't know one I don't know one I don't know one I don't know none of them Queens dudes go go back to Queensbridge <laughs> and donate it to the Raven, uh, no, no, the Raven no, let me project. say this let me say this they might not go back publicly right because mm-hmm. I know with me there are days God forgive me y'all forgive there's days where, like, if I need to laugh, yeah. I, I take a ride down my knee from. Oh, that was that was messed up. I that take a ride down from all my knee from right now. I take a ride down Broad Street. I, I, why I is take a ride. There's days why where I laugh though. Like why for a laugh? Because listen, I'm. It's not just a laugh, but if I if I need a break, if I need a change of scenery, if I need if I need to clear my mind, I I often find myself going. Somebody, somebody at the church who tried to throw shade on me the other day. I was like, Yo, you stay in the hood. Like, you always in the hood. And I really am, though. Mm-hmm. But um, but why? Because that's where my heart, like, I, I, I've been there. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? I know that struggle. I know that, I know what that is. Mm-hmm. So I, I can relate to that, but I can help you. You understand? So for me, it's like, that's the kind of stuff that keeps me strategizing. Riding through there, seeing some of the same stuff, seeing some of the same people. Yeah. It's like, are you still here? What can I do differently to, to you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, it's like, I don't always necessarily publicly be, you know, I don't, I don't post, I'm going, I don't go live on Facebook while I'm feeding the homeless. You know what I'm saying? I don't put my location up. I don't go live. Where I'm doing, I don't. I, I really think this probably like I, the this first is, time. Like doing this podcast. I've only been like, is the most you will ever see this guy listen. on live. I have like, like real talk. I have like seven pictures on my Instagram <laughs> spanning from in rotation. In rotation. <laughs> like I don't I don't go on live. I don't do the the, really the, don't do the I don't do media social media no. at all. I, I think know. it's like the people that I like I was I, I grew up around, they was not with that. So I just like kind of just But I, I, so, and I think and I think with I think a part of that too and, and I chime in, but I also think a part of that too is that hood mentality. But it's the it's the idea yeah. of what society is now. Everybody wants to be Everybody idolized. Yeah. So it's like why do you make it your priority to be like so much? I've never met so much like egotistical mental, people. But that's, that's a mental health thing, man. Most of the people got a little self esteem. People wake up and I literally watch remember we remember I had that girl over here that one time. <laughs> remember, remember that 
And she literally. Which time, Tay? <laughs> which time, which girl? <laughs> she literally came over, spent the night. We, we just played uh, Scrabble. And. She must be more of a game. She's probably game. She's probably But she came over. We hung out. She ended up spending the night because it, it turned around being too late. So I was like, I ain't going to let you drive home. That's messed up. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't know, because if she died, I don't want the police come to ask me questions. So, no. So, just stay here and you leave first thing in the morning. And literally, as soon as, it's like 6 o'clock, as soon as she wakes up, she grabs her phone, fluffs her hair, takes a picture. That same picture she took, she posts on Instagram like a couple hours later, talking about some uh, uh, morning wake-up face. Like, I just watched, you look like a, a freaking zombie when you was asleep. She was uglier than me when she was asleep, bro. And you know how ugly I could be when I'm asleep. She was uglier than me. So I was like, she had drool going to her eyeballs. She fixed herself up in five minutes and took a picture, and I was like, I was like, this world is so fake. I can't do it. And then some, some, some people was commenting like, ooh, girl, that's that fresh glow. Word, that fresh glow. You ain't commenting. I didn't, I, I didn't comment. I was like, no, because you know what? I want to let people live. I'm going to let you live. Because you know the truth. I drink. What's the thing about it is I like to kill you with silence. And and I'll do something to make sure that you know that I know. So when I seen it, I didn't need to comment, but I liked it. And then ever since then, she always knew he had that over me. That's one of the things he had over me because he was there when it really happened, when it really went down. So um, listen, so tonight episode, shout out again to J.I. Prince of York. We're talking about his song titled Love Scars. Um, thanks to all of our sponsors, uh, Anchor, uh, Pie Being, and tonight's episode is sponsored by the one, the only, the great, the legend, Miss Naya Legend. And we are going to talk about her new book, book number what? 15, technically. Book number 15 that she is publishing, releasing, and the title of the book is Seduced by Sucker. Yes, but before we get into it, I wanted to um, piggyback off of what Tay Mom was talking about. It's like, that's why I feel even more misunderstood in this social media era, because we don't come from that. Like, like I said, I'm not the biggest communicator. Like, we don't be talking all the time. We're posting all our business yeah, like, and doing all these things. And, and not only that, but, like, I get that people are uh, monetizing social media, and I, I think it's great for that. But a lot of people that I have loved for years, I have, like, aren't built for social media platforms. And I yeah. have to, like, unfollow them. Like, I love you. You're a legend. But let's keep the love off of social media because you look crazy. <laughs> you know, like they just be posting some things that legends should not be posting. Like there's a certain a certain way you sh- you should not even be comfortable talking. Certain things you shouldn't even be saying. Like a lot of these legends, these people we look up to, are really goofy. Like just Yo, goofy. Bro. So I just wanted to add that one to the social media stuff. Oh, also, stop putting your location up, man. Now that, like, yeah, you, yeah, y'all know y'all walking licks, right? Yeah. Like, you know how many people not even say, say that. I was gonna say that's what the use of my words. They be committing crimes all the time. 
with their location posted. Like, 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 Watches all day, or like surveillance. It's it's crazy, and y'all just so be all y'all posting pictures so of, of blunt smoking weed in front of the corner store with the money. Got gambling. I'm like, all right, now when y'all come to get run down, y'all gonna be like, oh, who told the feds you was over? Nigga, you did. You <laughs> <laughs> dummy. You told them. Seduced right. by suffering. That sound like Stockholm syndrome. Yes. <laughs> What he say? Tell me what? Stockholm syndrome. Seduced by suffering, right? Oh. Listen, break that. Uh, well, it is kind of. Right? right. Uh, break that title down. Say it again. First of all, y'all see all her books posted in the background? Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. Listen, y'all, y'all hit like and love and claps or something on on here. Give it up for Nia Legend. Fifteen books published. Hey, there we go. Hey, there we go. Hey, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, we like y'all. We love y'all. We love y'all. So go ahead, unpack that, seduced by suffering. So it's really just about my love scars. Um, it's about my relationships. Basically, uh, unfortunately, I don't have many healthy relationships to speak on. It really was just, <laughs> my life has been one traumatic incident up. to the next. And so I'm chronicling most of them um, from early childhood trauma onto adulthood um but for those return readers i wanted to highlight the differences between this book and memories and melodies um memories and melodies was an end time account of different things that different moments that became memories and um and how they shaped who i became and it was like Reese was saying last week, it was just so painful and traumatizing because it was in time account. So as I was, I read it years after I wrote it because it came out 2016. Um, I read it years after I wrote it and it was still just as painful. And I was over a lot of those situations and a lot of those people who had made those, um, those memories with me, but because it was in time accounts, it took me to those times when I wasn't, you know, at my greatest. So this book is more of a self-reflection and it reads healthier because I'm in a healthier space. Um, when I put out Memories and Melodies, I was in the process of a traumatic incident and I was processing it. And the reason why I published it is because again, I, we come from backgrounds where we don't talk about our feelings. So you know, people were asking me questions that I wasn't willing to answer. And so I was like, well, y'all can just read the book, you know? But, um, and that's, that's really, you know, problematic, I can say years later, because I came with it from a perspective of, I'm just telling you my side of the story you've already heard. 
And now Memories and Melodies was the first book that I published, so it didn't occur to me that majority of the people who read my books have never met me, <laughs> right? So, um, you know, years after, when I read it again, it was like, okay, I can see how people who've never met me wouldn't really be able to enjoy it the way people who have met me will, because, you know, you don't know that sarcasm is my first language. You don't know that I think in metaphors. You don't know that these are real people. They're not just characters that I made up. And because I care about these people who I once did, I want to represent them in the most realistic and, and best way that I can. But with the idea in mind that I'm introducing people who have never met these people to them. So I want to do that. I want to be responsible with my platform. And I don't want it to um, to come across a, a way that it wasn't intended. And of course, I cannot control people's um, perception of, of what I'm saying and what I've gone through, but I can be as clear and as um, mature as possible with introducing the public to these characters in my life. Okay. Now, one of the changes that you need, right, is the name change. So this book, yes. this, this is book number 15, but this is book number one being published under Naya. Yes. Why is that? Um, so with the name changes, I do explain in the book, but just briefly to touch on, I think that we blindly follow these traditions without um, true concepts, like without truly understanding where they come from, what they mean. And um, so I, I took on this name already with it in mind that it's a burden, right? <laughs> right, like that it was a burden, like that I didn't want this name. But I willingly and happily gave this name to my children, never considering that that maybe they, they didn't want this name. And I came from the, the mindset of children get the father's last name. That's just the way it goes, right? But that comes from an idea that the, the, the father and his lineage has a legacy to pass on for your children to uphold, for your children to be proud of. And if your children were not passed down that legacy, why do they have that burden? Why do they have that 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 name placed on them when it's, it wasn't their choice. It, it, and I'm raising my children to believe in legacy, to, to believe in building a foundation to be passed on to their next lineage. And I don't think that it's fair to them or myself to have the burden of making this name mean something when the people who've had this last name for 60 and so on years didn't care to do that for them. <laughs> so that's why I changed the name. Now you done changed your name Two, three times over now. Two, three times over. Right. Went from your maiden right. name to your married name. To <laughs> yep. But you keep making yep. something of every name. And I so. keep trying. <laughs> so I can And that's, the, you and that's why it's important that. because it's like if I'm if I'm taking on this this workload of of making a legacy from our children, then we should be the ones to get the credit. When we mess up, it should be on us. When we succeed, it's it's our credit. It's not to anybody else who hasn't been involved, who, who isn't, you know, contributing to our success or our failures. Mm -hmm. So, so what, give, give, without, without giving too much away, give us an mm -hmm. overview of this book and, and how that. So, um, 
again, it's, it's, it's like from one traumatic incident to the next, but it's more self-reflective. So I'm talking to you because, again, I want to be responsible with my platform. There are a lot of um, younger people who, you know, I'm talking early 20s, late teens, who read these books and, and think that, you know, if somebody hurt them, that's, that's the sole, for, sole focus. And I want to, to explain to people that you have to take accountability because if you don't, then you're going to find yourself in these situations repeatedly, which I did because I wasn't taking enough accountability of my actions. Like, okay, sure, I was young, but how, how many years can you use the I was young excuse? You know, like, like, let's, like let's start learning from these mistakes. And like I was saying earlier about, about um, setting your expectations based on your experiences, like if I was introduced to physical domestic violence early, and I say to myself, oh, I'm not going to be in that type of relationship. You know, I want better for myself, right? But then I'm in a relationship where it's domestic violence, but it's emotional and verbal. That's just, just as traumatizing and just as unhealthy. But I think I want because it's not physical domestic violence. Right. And I think that a lot, of, a lot of young girls come from these broken homes where they're not getting maybe the time and attention that that they feel they deserve or that they want. And then someone comes along and they're like, you know, giving them the, that attention, saying all the right things. And, and the, the young girl doesn't even realize like this is one trauma to the next because it's a different type of trauma. So that's the type of things that I'm talking about in the book is, is how to identify these different struggles and, and call them what they are. Now, now, let me just chime in because I feel like you say young girl, it's not an age specific thing, but it's a mindset. Mindset, no. yeah, definitely. Right. Okay, yeah. And, and I think I think that has to be um, identified. Uh, For sure. And definitely um, some kind of, something has to be implemented and put in place. And I think we were talking about, was, was it last week we were talking about that? Where, you know, growing up, Females are taught to think oh, like one way, yeah, you know, and have all these <laughs> expectations, yeah. and men or young young men are raised to, to have the mindset of right. They gotta meet the standard yeah. no matter what, and then there's there's just there's no happy medium, there's no balance, there's yeah. no real true um, healthy like, like communication. You, like we said, like you, you can't want everything in the sun and the moon, but then you still want to be a feminist. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. And so, and so with this book, it's it's just about how we can get complacent in discomfort, and uh, and how um, sometimes it's not readily identifiable. Again, because struggles look different, that doesn't mean it's not a struggle. So it's just it's just about the different different traumas that I experienced, and and this this book, I'm letting you in more on my psyche again because I'm introducing myself to an audience who who has never physically met me and so I wanted to to explain more about how my psyche developed and why I think the way I do and so I did have to um, go deeper into the memories that I'm sharing into the different experiences that I had and one thing that I wasn't comfortable talking about in Memories and Melodies that I do explore in To Do Spy Suffering is my parenting because um when I wrote Memories and Melodies, my children were three and nine, and now they're 
uh, 8 and 13. And so they can give input on, like, oh, no, you can't talk about this. And, oh, oh well, that's fine. You can say that. And, right, right. you know, so um, <laughs> so um, I do talk about my parenting. And you, if you know me, you know I'm, like, overly honest and to a fault. Mm -hmm. So Chris, feel free to cut me off if I go too deep. But <laughs> something that, um, that I think people don't acknowledge is that parenting is not something that everybody just automatically adjust and adapt to. It's an ongoing um, process. And my oldest son is 13 and I regularly say, holy crap, I have kids. Like all the time, like, <laughs> like all the time I have to tell myself that because I, the way that I grew up, the early experiences that I had, I was never programmed to be a parent. It was not a part of my programming. It was not a part of my processing. And I'm literally just trying to adjust and adapt to to having children, to having these lives that count on me and depend on me. And I think that with, with any traumatic experience, there are layers that you have to um, break down and resolve within yourself. And um, with the traumatic experience that I was going through when I wrote Memories and Melodies, the one layer that, that I was stuck on was I think that as parents, we make sacrifices for our children, and that's a normal thing for us. But as an over-processor and as an over-analyzer, this one specific sacrifice that I made for them, it never occurred to me that they would be hurt by my actions. And that, like, it, it like almost took me out. Like, as a person, like, it was too heavy of a burden for me to truly understand, like, how I messed up so bad and how how to come back from that, how to, you know, be able to trust myself again to make um, a good decision, how to be able to to build that trust with my children so that so that they know that, you know, mommy messed up, but I'm gonna try to make sure that I protect you from this point forward as best I can because, you know, it's important that children feel that. And I also think it's very important that we apologize to our children when we're wrong because, you know, a lot of people don't understand that they are little people with thoughts and feelings. And, you know, we always say these things, but if we're not showing them, if, if we're not modeling that behavior, it's very hard for us to expect for them to uphold these things. Like, we expect for them to apologize when they do something wrong, but how often do you apologize when you do something wrong? Hey. You know? So I think that that's important. But like as a but as a parent, it's just um, especially with women. I think people just assume that every woman who has a child is is meant to be a mother, and that's not the case. Oh, there are some God. people who are willing to try and, and make it work and do their best, and there are some that aren't. And you know, fortunately for me, I'm willing to try and I'm going to continue to try. But it's not something easy. And I always tell people who compliment me as a parent, I'm always like, "Bro, you got to chill, like because whatever you think is going on." I'm just trying every day. And for some people, that's enough. But for me, it's like I'm hard on myself, and I know I have to do better. And and um, I talk about my struggles as a parent in the book, and I think that if you think about having children, if you have children, if you're not sure if you want to have children, I think that that piece alone is worth reading the book. Because I'm, talk I'm, I'm honest, and I want to be as real as possible. Like, there are so many younger girls who, who come to me and tell me that, they want to have a, ch a child to fill this void. And I always tell them the same thing. Children don't owe you anything. 
They aren't, they aren't, you know, born to give you this love that you feel you deserve, that you feel you've been missing. It is your job to instill all of that in them. This is work, honey. This is not a, a, a doll baby that you get to dress up and, and show off and, you know, do all these things with. No, this is an investment. This takes time. This takes energy. This takes a mental capacity that not everybody has, you know, like this is, this is serious. And um, I just, I just want more people to talk about these things. So again, I always try to spark dialogue in my book of the things that we don't readily talk about. You know, you, you said something that, um, you know, I think a lot of people can identify with, but don't even realize what we're doing. Cause I'm even guilty of it, you know, because oftentimes, um, I found where I'd be sitting around with some friends and we'd be talking about a young lady and we'll be like, well, she a whole mom. You feel me? Like, so the expectation now has raised, but yeah. not not taking into consideration that, one, she still isn't a woman. She's still a girl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then two, mm -hmm. That that's a baby. It's just a baby. It didn't it didn't change her the person. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, and it's uh, a lot of young unfit it's, mothers it's nowadays. A oh it's my it's, it's, it's like Jesus Christ. Like you supposed to like. And I feel like nobody's being honest with these kids, like yeah. about what this parenting thing is really about. Everybody just people just want to have babies. I have babies. Like baby no. fever. But, but you like, know what it is? It, what? it started with the whole American dream. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the the husband, the wife, the white picket fence, the cat, the dog. Yeah. The but nowadays people just want to have kids because, because they don't want to be old with kids. They, they want to have kids at a young age. But I also, like, like, it's like I, a sport I also right now. think it's it's that, that love scar. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that I was do. so ugly. <laughs> I do because I felt like some people... Um, one, some people utilize their children as their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, I'm brokenhearted. That's codependency. Cool but, but, but that that's what's not healthy I mean, But look how many women deal with, uh, like, postpartum and stuff like that. Stuff is real. I never understood a that. Lot, and a lot of people don't. It's like a body thing, in a way, is it? Be because it's because a lot of chemical imbalance occurs when you have a child mm -hmm. like there's a lot of different hormones that are released a lot of different chemicals that were never utilized before and so it takes some scientific adjusting and adapting and it takes some physical adjusting and adapting and and if you're not um in the best place and that's another thing i tell people like especially the younger girls who come from these certain communities you know, they're the ones who are more willing and, and um, wanting to have children at a young age, but you need a support system. Yeah. Your child is not the support system. Yeah. Your child requires a support system mm -hmm. of their own. Yes. It takes a village to raise a child. That is not just an no. old saying. It, that it, is yeah. fact. Yeah. Every step of the way is a challenge, especially when you don't have a support system. So if you're thinking, oh, it's just going to be me and my baby, because I see a lot of people say that all the time. It's just me and my baby, it's just me and my baby. You and your baby are suffering. You and your baby need help. Because mm -hmm. it's not easy. And it's not okay for you to put that burden on your child to be fulfilling your needs and fulfilling your wants, because that's not why they're created. Mm -hmm. 
So, so there are back. little people that are going to grow up, and, and everything that you're doing now, even early in their lives, is going to matter later. So, so to go back a little bit, right? Talking love stars and, and that good life mentality. But some of these young people, some of these young ladies, having these children, that, that's the golden ticket. That's a yeah. I came up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got yeah. a kid, I got stamps, I got low income housing, I got, you, mm -hmm. you feel, it's, it's a come up. I got up. child support now. Yeah, it's, like, it's a come up now. Yeah. Like, and then that's how it, they're, if they're that lucky. That's a, right. A lot of them, that, right. But a lot of them have that mindset yeah. though, like, oh, well, oh, I'm going to be set because I'm going to put him on child support yeah. and I can get this and, and I can yeah. get that. And, Man, and let me tell you, let me tell you, as somebody who don't receive any of those things, what a blessing they would be. But, but even <laughs> if you do receive those things, there is still other capabilities and qualities that you have to have in right. order to instill in your child right. that the government isn't going to give you. <laughs> yeah. So keep that in mind. I think that's why, like, and even with the government assistance. You know, you have to, for me, coming from where I come from, I am terrified to be dependent on anything or anybody, especially the government. We went through a hurricane, and um, I watched all those people with Section 8 have no clue where to go or what to do with their children. Wow. And that really upset me because wow. if I was paying $8 a month, do you know how much would be in my bank account? <laughs> you know, just for times like that. You know, like, you cannot be that dependent on something that at any given time they could be like, nah, you good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, it's, you just have to be prepared for any and everything because you're not the only person you're responsible for. Yeah. How do we, how do we end that pandemic? How do we change that? How do we cultivate that? How do we influence a change from those mindsets? Though? My my go-to answer is always education. Like there has to be people who are willing to tell to the actually, truth. Actually, yeah, to actually make the There change, has though. to be people who are willing to have these open and honest conversations. And even with with my mentality, like I'm coming from, I was a family counselor, I was a teacher, I was an educator. Like I have all of these experiences with children. And, and, I'm, and I always tell, when I had my parenting class, when I was doing the um, family counseling, I would always tell my parents, like, I have all this material, I have all this information, do I always apply it? No. Because that's just unrealistic. Right. But just to have it and, and be able to, to pull from it when you need it is so important. So I would just definitely say education. Like, it has to be people who are really going to tell these children the truth. Yeah. And it's, it goes back to... Um, like it's the same that says um, those who fail to learn from history are bound to repeat it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that just it, it applies to when we're children and we grow up in a household. Just like it, just like she said, um, kids are very like they, they they're like sponges. So they learn from what you're willing to teach them or what what they see around their environment. So if if they're exposed to certain things, they're gonna think that those things are okay, right. and it's not and it's not properly explained. Right. So if we we're being raised by parents who had us at like 17, 18, 19, you know, early early ages on, some people just grow up like, oh, if my mom did it, and my dad can do it, then I can do it too. Right. And it's like no, um, that's why parents try to tell you like to wait as long as possible. 
make sure that you are, because nobody is necessarily, doesn't matter what age you are, you are never prepared for a child. No matter what Agreed. age you are. Listen, I, I, I know people who have planned, they, they have the same yeah, things. It's never, yeah. They scheduled it the whole night, yeah. then the baby but get I think, there, and they be like, oh, oh well. But I, think, but, I, but I think if you, if you it wait, too. it'll I've be easier. I've seen people who have children later in life, and they've had their careers, and they're established, and they're successful, and then they get this child, and they have their support system, and they are losing their mind. And stop using this whole <laughs> mind and this whole thing of I want to have kids at a young age so I can keep up with them. They're not going to the club with you. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You sound stupid. It's so, it's so annoying. Like, I, I want to be at the age where, where my son want to play football, my knees lock, and I just got to throw it from sitting down. Like, you know what I'm saying? You want that? Yeah. Most people don't want that. No, That's why they say for this age. Yeah, I, but I don't want to be 36. Years, but I don't want to be 36 years old celebrating my son's 18th birthday in a club. Like, who does that? Well, that's weird. You stay home. That's weird. <laughs> that's weird. Like, I see it happen all the time. Like, it's so weird. Like, oh my god, it's like disgusting. It's, um, y'all cool to add back into, with, to what Tay was saying earlier. That's one of my. I always tell people that's one of my greatest accomplishments is that my children are nothing like me. Mm. Because I, I'm not going to sit on here on live and tell y'all what I was doing at 13. But I can tell you that my son isn't doing any of those things, and I just want to thank God for that. <laughs> he is real. Okay? My daughter ain't doing nothing. Chastity's dope. Oh, she wasn't even talking like that. No, I'm, talk, I'm talking listen, about if, what I be doing. So I said, my daughter, is, she going to listen. We're going to lock that down. When your children come, I'm just going to. Yo, I'm going to give them I'm you. I'm going to have to buy them. I'm just going to boil them. Um, you said something about education, right? About educating young girls. Here's my question, or here's, here's the constant thing that we have to deal with. How do we break the stigma to be able to educate? Because when you go into the urban community and you say parenting classes, the mindset is I'm being punished. Mm -hmm. You're telling me I'm not a good parent. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So. How do we break that stigma to be able to effectively communicate and educate to have their parents? All right, now, now cut me off when you, you know, feel like I'm going too far. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it has to start early. Yeah. Because, and I, and I talked about programming, but when you, when you, let's say labeling, right? Let me cut you off. Go ahead. Because I, I let me ask this question. When you say early, I need you to mm -hmm. I need you to break that down, right? Because I remember a time growing up where, you know, if a little girl had a Barbie doll baby or whatever and she called it her, her baby, it was getting smacked out of her hand. Mm hmm Because you didn't want a child to have the mindset to have a baby at a young age. So when you say right. start early, what what do you mean by starting early? And, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. When you're labeling the body parts, you might tell a little boy that that his pee-pee is what it is, but you will never hear, or I won't say never, how often have you heard a parent identify the parts of a woman to a child? That's why you don't hear um, 
you know, adults know the difference between the vagina, the vulva, and the labia because nobody's labeling these things. And those are all different things. I you have to cut me off if I get too deep, but it has to start early because then adults grow up thinking that that women's body parts aren't important, right? Like we all know what needs to happen in order for an intimate um, encounter to be over, right? The man has to be satisfied. Nobody ever talks about what goes on with a woman during that time. Hold up now. <laughs> Hold up now. Don't, don't go left with it. Listen, stay the course. I'm saying like these these are important things that if they aren't talked about early have consequences later. That's that's all I'm trying to say is we have to we have to have these open and honest conversations with our children early. Like I will give you an example. Mm -hmm. The landscape of sexuality has changed, right? Mm -hmm. Since we were kids. Now, I, I stumbled upon a lesson with my children by accident, but let me just tell you what happened. So, I I tell my children because I'm not a, a naturally a, I'm not a naturally affectionate right person. So, I, when my kids would come up to me, I would always say, "Oh, just let me know because if you want a kiss or if you want a hug or or something like that, let me know because my natural reaction when you run up on me." It's not, oh, let me hug you. you. And I'm just being honest because people think that when you have a child, these, these feelings and emotions that you've lived with your whole life just go away. And they don't. So in me training them to do that, hey, mommy, can I have a kiss? Hey, mommy, can I have a hug? I have now introduced them to a later conversation of consent. Every step wow, of the way, you need to ask for that girl's consent because wow. the landscape is different now. That's, that's I come wow. from a background where I want you to be aggressive. I want you to take take initiative. But my boys can't do that. My boys have to say, hey, is it okay is if it I okay, kiss you yeah. here? It's hey, is it okay if I take you your shirt off? Would you like for me to take your shirt off? Would You, you have to ask every step of the way. Now, I stumbled upon that lesson, but now that we've had this conversation, you all listening know this. It's important that we introduce these things early to our children because later in life, these foreign concepts can get them in trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. You can avoid a lot. When I do say, a hundred percent. Especially when, I, and I, let me just tell you, as an educated person, I'm thinking my children are going to go to college, and we already know what that scene looks like. And you know, if if enough females are able to say, this is what he did with me. He asked me every step of the way. When that one comes along and says, this is what he did, you have a whole bunch of witnesses mm -hmm. who can testify against that. Right. <laughs> so right. this, that's just how we have to think. I'm, I apologize if, if that's an uncomfortable conversation for people, but that's how I'm thinking as a parent. I'm trying to prepare my children definitely. to survive this it's, life. It's needed. Especially it's, as a young black man. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's always uh, the most yeah. uncomfortable <laughs> conversations most needed ones because we don't we don't take these things into consideration until it's it's too late yeah. you know what i mean until the court case has happened now it's like dang you know what i mean yeah. or, I right you know i should have said this or, i should have until him this. an incident happened and you having a meeting with another parent and you got to sit down and identify where do we go from here yeah you know yeah. um anybody want to press charges so fast nowadays but here so here's crazy. the here's the here's the concern Right, as a parent, here's my concern. Mm -hmm. um, I, education is paramount, and it is needed. Um, and and 
I'm posing this as a question, but I'm also making a statement. But as a parent, I we need to be the first educator. Mm -hmm. Forever. First, first meaning, and forever. Meaning, educator. I don't want my children going to school learning the LGBTQI. I don't want them to learn that. I, I need to educate them. Mm -hmm. Because what one might deem to be okay, I'm raising it different. You mm -hmm. understand? Yeah. So as as a parent, we need to be we need to be and I and I always say this, I say I, I say my children are also my teachers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I am definitely a For student sure. in their classroom. So for me, I feel like it's important that as a parent um, to, to be involved in your children's lives and to have that effective communication, you need to be a student and a teacher. That, that's just yep. me. I'm not, I'm not here to um, put parental uh, uh, measures on anyone or anything. I'm just from, from where I'm sitting and then just the different backgrounds that I have. And I've seen mm -hmm. different things happen um, in in the world, in the judicial mm -hmm. system, and even in my family. Mm -hmm. You understand? I think it's important that, again, you make sure that you are being that, that student and that you're being the first teacher for your children. Right. And that comes from foundational relationships, right? Like, if, if I build that relationship with, with my children early, where we listen to each other, where we talk to each other, it makes these difficult conversations that have to come later in life just a little bit easier. Like, the things that I can't find on Google, I asked Chris about, and he's always like, whoa, that's intense. Because when we were kids, we weren't going to our parents for these things that my son is coming to me with, you know? so. I'm thankful for that me, because it, it does this. make those conversations just a little bit easier. Because she hit me with something the other day and I was like, what is it? We can't talk about it because he'll kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, will, I will say this as a believer, parents, um, don't be so quick to shut everything down and, and, and use biblical or, or religious um, views. You know, um, things still need to be discussed and talked, right? So mm -hmm. me growing up, masturbation wasn't an issue, it wasn't a thing, it was non-existent mm -hmm. because it was it was not a God. Mm -hmm. That's how I was raised. So I never thought thought about it, you know, it was yeah. never a thing. But when I got of age and got older, everybody's talking about it and I came home and I brought it up again, it was, that's the devil. <laughs> Amen. It's the devil. So y'all all are devils. You're going to hell. God done sent everybody to hell in school. Y'all all going to hell. You're touching yourselves, you're going to hell. But now we're we're in a time in society to where these things are common. Mm -hmm. It's 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 at, it's actually listen, and I, I was in counseling and, and I went to a therapist and I was told it's abnormal if I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. I had a professional tell me it's abnormal. Now imagine being a 13-year-old boy. You was raised that this thing is wrong. Mm -hmm. You're going to hell if you do it. Mm -hmm. Then you go to a professional that your parents sent you to, and, and they, they tell you it's abnormal if you're not doing it. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is the world we're living in now. Yeah. This, is, this is where we are. So it is, it is vital that um, 
with your biblical uh, uh, um, backgrounds and, and your um, beliefs and things of that nature that you're sitting down with your children and you're walking them through all of this from every angle and from every aspect. Mm -hmm. Because at the, the Bible says to train up a child in the way that they should go. So you, you can only teach them as best as you know how. You can only teach them as best. So, and, and, and this is, again, this is why we still need to be students. I don't care how old you are, how yep. experienced you are, mm -hmm. you still need to be a student because the stuff yeah, that's good. going on in the world today, I mean, the, the different phone calls and text messages and stuff like that. My sister hit me with something the other day, and I was like, oh, it's real. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, <laughs> and then it made, and then I'm thrilled, and it triggered me like, I need to go home and have a conversation. You, you understand what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, with all of my sons, yeah. all ages, mm -hmm. it did not mean, like, the youngest yeah. is six. Yeah, let's, let's talk, bro. We, we need to talk, mm. you know? Um, because there's just so much going on now, so you don't know. Oh, yeah. It, we can't wait until we're faced with it and then try to mm -hmm. figure it out, you know? And, and, and from a militant standpoint, right, strategically and tactically, I always tell my soldiers, stay 10 steps ahead of your enemy. So, <laughs> right? Hood life, right? Street mentality. You always want to stay ahead of every. You want to stay ahead of the move. You feel me? So you should teach. You should keep that same mindset even with your children. Stay ahead of the. Let them know what's what. Listen, when you go to school, you might hear this. When you turn on the radio, you might hear that. Your teacher might tell you this, but hear what I'm telling. You understand? Mm -hmm. So we, mm -hmm. we, we, we need to be and mindful of these things. Go ahead. What you got, Naya? Um, and and I want to be very clear, like I was saying before, I am in no way a professional parent, right? Like I can't tell you how to parent. I can't tell you what works for you and your children. I'm just simply sharing my experiences and what's worked for me and my family. And one thing with, with my boys that I always do is, I don't tell them what to think or how to think. I just encourage them to think, right? Like, because we aren't always going to be there with them. And I think that too often as parents, we we tell them exactly what to think and how to think. And I don't think that that's encouraging them to develop their own processes. And that's important in survival is to be able to problem solve and to be able to conceptualize on your own. So something that I do with my boys, even as simple as giving them a book to read and asking them comprehensive questions, right, so that they can build that, that comprehension. So if I tell you exactly what I want to know about the book, then I'm, I'm telling you exactly what to think or how to think. Whereas if I tell you what, what part did you enjoy with the book? What was your favorite part? Who do you think the main character is? Things like that is it's for them to be able to do their own thinking, their own processing. So what I do in those heavier topics of you know um, different sexualities and different things like that is I give you the, the basic knowledge, the basic information and what you do with it is your is your business you know like it's, it's your um, prerogative to to make your own um, evaluation of the situation and i'll give and i'll give another example like in in our family we have um the, the best way i could put it is some negative energy right so i i will tell um my children i will allow them even the people who i don't mess with i will allow them to be introduced 
find somebody in my family who I trust who does mess with them, you know, and they can form their own opinions about them. I don't ever tell my children, oh, I don't mess with this person because this happened or they did this because that's adult information, right? right? Like they, they are children and that's their family and they have the right to be able to decide, uh, you know, what type of character they want to interact with. Now, obviously I'm not going to put them in harm's way, (laughs) but if this if this is just somebody who I just genuinely they they're, they rub me the wrong way or, or I don't mess with them for some some reason, that's not my call to make as far as my children are concerned. Especially if that if that person is a positive force in their life, just not mine. <laughs> you know, so those things happen. Oh, I'll give you another example. Like. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, we, we, okay. we going, we going to this one. We got deep, deep. We got back up because we we cutting on time. So, um, okay. we we definitely want to. Um, we need you to let people know where they get the book from, um, how they can reach out to you. We wanted to do some giveaways, but we ran out of time because this conversation got heavy. Listen, yeah, but I do want to make a point really quick. So. Um, you can, the first three people to comment on this video, um, I'm going to do a giveaway. And um, you don't have to do it live, but, you know, once those three commenters are there, you know, that's who's getting the book. Um, and um, you can email me at mnmproductions at mail.com or um, bringing lyrics to life at yahoo.com. That's the email, right? Yeah, bringing lyrics to life. Okay. Okay, and just really quick, I just wanted to um, make this point. Like, I always consider myself a rebel, um, but the truth is, is just, like, if it doesn't, like you guys were saying last week, if it doesn't make logical sense to me, then then I'm not going to participate in it, right? So as I got older, I come from a, a religious, I won't say religious, but a Christian background where we celebrated all the holidays and did all the big hooplas and all those things, and as an adult, I don't. But... I allow my children to decide for themselves so they get to experience Thanksgiving with, um, with um, shout out to my cousin, Charlotte. <laughs> She's going to be so mad that I call her that. Um, or they'll experience Christmas with Uncle Chris because they do the big, you know, celebrations and things like that. And I don't. So then they, when they get older, they can decide for themselves if they want to celebrate these holidays and how they want to do that. Sorry, I just wanted to make that um, point clear as far as not telling my children what to think or how to think long john don't don't do that we got long john sometimes i ain't gonna get the long johns i would just get two socks (laughs) you got your you got a grandpa gift the stocking stuff oh my god i had gray red blue every year that's all i got I was lucky if I had, uh, or hold on, let me rephrase. I would be considered blessed if I received some some body spray. <laughs> nah, we didn't do gifts, gifts. We didn't do gifts. We didn't. Even, we didn't even do Christmas trees. My mom used to use a prayer plant. A prayer plant. Was a prayer plant. The plant that I had in the window. The leaves that come up at night when they look like praying hands. We didn't. We didn't do Christmas trees. It, it wasn't until it wasn't until she got like remarried we started yeah. doing Christmas. doing the family thing. Sorry, <laughs> I, 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 I love you. He is exposing right now. In, in my book, I talk about the differences from from that situation. Like when my mom was married, these things happened, and when she yeah. wasn't, they didn't. You know, like so. Yeah, definitely. Christmas was very different for us. So you know that's yeah. why for me now, it's like, people get on me all the time. 
You're not decorating? Not even for the kids. My children never want to and then y'all shouldn't be talking about some asking if somebody going to decorate. We well, don't even take y'all decorations. Like y'all still got Thanksgiving stuff up and it's New Year's. <laughs> what you talking about? Actually, it aggravates me. It's Easter. You got your Christmas stuff still up. Like, are you serious? Like, why do I see a snowman on the yard? I can't. <laughs> June 14th, it'll be available on Kindle, Kobo, Barnes & Noble's Nook, Smashwords, and thebookpatch.com. The entire Nia Youngest collection are still on those platforms as well. Right, she always says them all. Oh, they so good. Yeah, I was like, Jesus. Uh, I, I missed three <laughs> of them. <laughs> but you can definitely oh, reach her. <laughs> you can definitely reach her via email at uh, Eminem. Memory, M and then Memory, M and then Melodies, Productions with an S at MAIL.com. Or you can also hit her here on the podcast at Bringing Lyrics to Life at Yahoo.com. Uh, so listen, uh, to our sponsors, Anchor, we thank you for your support. Uh, tonight's episode was sponsored by Naya Legend, uh, author and uh, publisher. Um, book number 15, Seduced by Suffering. Shout out to our artist for tonight. J.I. Prince of New York. New York stand uh, we up. talked about love scars and we talked about seduced by suffering. Stay tuned, stay in the know, stay connected with us here at Bring Your Lyrics to Life where we will correlate music and those lyrics to everyday life and we'll break it down, we'll unpack it. So peace and see you next week. Thank you guys for watching. Man, you was going hard. You was going a thousand. Man, you was I was like, I, I need my notebook for this episode. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, Damn. you got.